This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk with customer Mark Sahadio about his experiences with Azure NetApp Files' new Azure VMware solution integration. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have a couple of special guests to talk to us all about Azure NetApp files. To do that, we have Raj Sharma. So Raj, how do I reach you and where do you work? First things first, I'm not in the basement of your house. No, you were not. That'd be creepy. Yeah, I'm in my residence and you can reach me at Raj Sharma, R-A-J dot S-H-A-R-M-A at netapp.com. Okay, and what do you do here? I am an ANF specialist. So I work in the Azure business unit of NetApp, and I'm solely focused on our Azure NetApp files platform. So we work through the Microsoft channel, the Microsoft engine, and we deploy as much ANF as we can. I'm also part of a Tiger team that deploys ANF with Azure VMware solutions. Tiger team. Rawr. all right and and we do have an actual real live customer um we're not gonna mention where they work because uh we don't want to get in any trouble um they 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 have not gotten the green light to talk about that but we will talk about what they're using it for so to do that we have mark sahadio here so mark what do you do and what sort of things are you using azure net files yeah thanks for having me here today so i'm the team lead of it engineering for a financial institution we use it for a variety of different services right now, um, primarily on the AVS side of things, Azure VMware services. We also use it to expand things like AKS and other different applications, SAP, Oracle, SQL. So it's been pretty resilient so far. Okay, so you're a part of a financial Definitely. institution. So what sort of things does your financial institution do with Azure Net of Files? We've been able to use it to scale our AVS solution. Instead of adding tons of hosts that cost a bunch of money, we're able to actually expand that environment, add more workloads in by just expanding the storage piece. And also, I mean, the flexibility that it gives us with the storage, we're able to use different tiers, different performance levels. And also, we attach it as the digital storage for our AKS clusters, which has actually helped with our uh, DR solution as well. So I'm um, able to replicate those clusters across regions and able to mount that to our DR clusters in the other region, so which, which has been pretty good. All right, so let's put that on hold, and we'll come back to that. So, Raj, I know I kind of jumped the gun here, but let's talk about ANF. Give me the overview of what ANF is for our listeners out there. I belong to the Azure Business Unit here at NetApp, and uh, we're solely focused on Azure NetApp Files. It's a uh, collaboration between Microsoft and NetApp, where NetApp filers have been physically placed in 90% of the Azure data centers worldwide. And it's through the uh, Azure Service Delivery Engine. It is a first-party service. That means... Microsoft solely owns, supports, and maintains the product. And it was really brought to fruition from the fact that back in 2017, 2018, there was a leading shift to the cloud. But thinking forward, we knew, and by we, I knew the executive leaders at NetApp and Microsoft knew that customers would start deploying larger applications to the cloud. So we're thinking Oracle, SAP, some of those larger applications that need more availability, that need higher performance. And that really was the birth of ANF. So my team is solely focused on driving that business through Microsoft and through our NetApp core team as well. All right, cool. 
So it sounds like we've made a lot of progress over the last four years with Azure Netup Files. Um, so as far as you're concerned, Mark, how long have you been actually using Azure Netup Files? I would say it's been just over a year so far. We actually decided to use it originally for AKS, to expand the storage behind our application. And then we were introduced to during our AVS migration, which definitely helped us a lot. Okay. And when you're using it with AKS, are you leveraging things like Trident and that sort of stuff? What exactly are you doing with the ANF part of that? It's more so just our, our backend application file system. Nothing in terms of special integrations, but it's just giving us that flexibility where, you know, you're not able to really mount stuff like blob storage directly. So it provides that backend resilient file system for us. Okay. And what are you using for your persistent volume claims? What, what sort of stuff are you doing to try to attach those volumes? I'll be using different like CIS drivers from the AKS side. That's so far, that's all that's supported this time. Okay. And how is that working out for you? Is it doing what you expected it to do? Is it doing more? Yeah, I think at this point, it gives us the ease and flexibility of attaching and expanding on that side of things. Using that app as, as a backend of the application, we're able to replicate those volumes across region for stuff like DR purposes or additional testing outside of the production environment. So with your DR testing, I imagine that you have to have another AKS cluster on the the DR side. Um, That's so, right. Yeah. So how are you managing that? Like, what sort of things do you need to do to make sure that all works together? We use a lot of stuff on the DevOps side of things like Azure pipelines to basically keep things within the same compatibility levels, within the same criteria. So once we use the same pipeline to deploy that into another region, we pretty much have the same setup and configuration as there. So it's actually pretty straightforward and easy for us. All right, cool. You know, Justin, Mark and his customer is near and dear to my heart. Let me tell you what. First reason is because they're a financial institution in my home city of Toronto. When we unveiled ANF, we had six swim lanes that said, okay, we're going to look for SAP, Oracle. This customer was the first, and I hope I can mention this, Mark, but they're using SaaS as a front end to this AKS cluster. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, we're going to use it for this deployment right here. And working with us and SaaS, we got it all functioning well, and then skip about five months later when the AVS and ANF were GA. This customer here was the first customer worldwide to deploy it in production. So it's an absolute cutting edge financial customer. But yeah, these guys are, and I mean that, like from the bottom of my heart, they're near and dear to me because they are a cloud first shop. And they come up with innovative ways. Like we can only come up with certain swim lanes, if you will, on how to use the technology. And it's customers like this that push the boundaries and figure out ways to use it that we didn't think of. And that's due to Mark and his team. All right. So as far as financial institutions go, I know that they're kind of renowned for not wanting to expose data for good reason, right? Regulations, that sort of thing. But cloud is one of those things where companies get a little bit squirrely because they they don't want to have that exposed data potentially. So what made your company look to cloud and what sort of concerns were there and how were those concerns alleviated? I think primarily, I would say scalability, and affordability, right? Those are things that are important to every IT department and company in general. So with the large number of applications coming out and you know, different use cases, we needed a way to test and validate those things quickly. Um, also, data center costs started to become really expensive overall. So the cloud kind of gave us that ability to turn off, turn on workloads. Um, we're able to basically cost these things based on resource consumption, as opposed to just having an entire plethora of compute at our leisure, but we're only using a small capacity of it, right? So we had that piece as well. Being agile, we're able to deploy things much faster via pipeline, marketplace applications, 
this ton of integrations available to us in the cloud, right? So we kind of move more from a hardware performance type of engineering team to now many developers, network specialists. Uh, it really gave us the cutting edge on technology and ability to move forward with different application deployments really quickly. You mentioned data centers and their costs. And a lot of times yeah. you're paying for real estate and power consumption of things that you're not using actively, right? People don't generally turn their servers exactly. off when they're done with them. They keep them running. So there's there's something to be said for only paying for what you're using because it, it kind of gives you a little better feeling about what you're actually doing. You're not wasting money as potentially. That's right. Yeah, consumption is definitely a, a huge part of it for sure. You know, even able to use things like automation runbooks to turn off and turn on workloads, reserve type of workload instances that you commit a certain amount and you gain that back afterwards. So it's definitely a, a lot more flexible. You also need a, a smaller team really to, to manage this stuff because you're not having to worry about dealing with actual infrastructure as much. You're not having to worry about hardware and replacing you know power what? supplies and stuff. Yeah, and that, that can actually be a little misleading because we kind of transitioned those. So maybe you were looking after you know power and resource consumption overall, but now you're looking at cost management. So the roles transition from those more legacy type of IT roles. Now you're moving into different things like developers and networking engineers that were primarily just basic systems before, right? So you have that transition of roles, actually. So you mean you're not the only person running this? Uh, <laughs> I could be. You could be? Right. Definitely. I definitely have a pretty talented team behind me. So it's been an eye-opening experience for us. Definitely given us a lot more knowledge overall in the infrastructure space. And actually gave us the ability to kind of jump in between different tiers of technology. All right. So this customer is using Azure VMware Solution. Raj, tell me what that is and tell me how they're using it. Good question. So Azure VMware Solution, it is Azure's first-party native implementation of VMware. So you think of your traditional virtualization platform in the cloud. It's a very easy way for VMware customers to migrate their data into the cloud. It's, it's a very native experience when you think of on-prem and in the cloud. And when we talk about how are they using it, it's actually a very good question. So this is part two of a two-part series, but this is a second episode. The first one, which if you haven't heard, go back and listen to the recording, was with Baptist Health. And their implementation of ANF for AVS was more on the flexibility design. They needed to map a certain NFS data store to multiple SDDCs and multiple clusters at once. Well, this customer here, their main driver was the fact that they were storage constrained. So it was a cost savings. When they migrated from on-prem to AVS, they had a lot of storage requirements. And in a traditional environment, they would have to provision nodes. So AVS nodes consist of memory, storage, and CPU. Which is good, but if you're all storage constrained, node 20 to node 40 are only there for the storage aspect of it. So you're wasting money on the CPU and the memory that you're not utilizing. So ANF here was able to come out as a cost savings. So a quick shout out to Neil, uh, Niaz Mohammed and his entire solutions team. They created a sizer that was, you take your RV tools, you put it into the sizer and it's going to say, hey, look, you can reduce the number of nodes, put it on ANF. And we'll reduce the cost. We'll give you a certain amount of savings. And that was the main driver here for this customer. Sometimes it's not all about the technology, but the bottom line means a lot. Well, I mean, it is kind of about the technology because what you're doing is you're splitting up that compute and that storage into separate buckets, right? So you're not, Good point. You're not exactly using the traditional server architecture where everything's kind of in mm -hmm. the same box. Yeah. 
it's more so, I guess, maximizing that capability that you have. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically customizing it the way you need it. As far as ANF goes, though, there are other benefits there that I'm, I'm guessing you're realizing outside of the cost savings. So, Mark, tell me more about how the Azure VMware solution is showing you additional benefits besides the cost savings. Well, I think one of the biggest reasons we actually switched from do-it-yourself type of vCenter as opposed to maybe is that you get the management back in. So now you don't have teams focusing on managing the hardware, monitoring the hardware, having special solutions for that piece. Now you can take your time to scale workloads and actually look at the performance of your workloads instead of the hardware, right? So it's it's a managed platform. So it gives that ability and flexibility and freedom to move uh, those man hours elsewhere. So that was one of the biggest uh, things for the AVS side. Also, it gives you the use of NSXT, which is a network virtualization platform, and it makes it much easier to manipulate your network, right? Build tunnels, uh, segregate different workloads based on security requirements or isolation testing. So it's, it's been pretty cool like that. So when virtualization started, there was kind of a pushback on virtualization as, you know, that no way that's going to be your infrastructure. There's no way you can run your environment production on this, right? It's, we need hardware. And, and, and I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. That was yep. the prevailing thought. That's definitely changed since then. Um, but I saw the same with virtualized networking, right? Because that's kind of a newer thing for VMware. So mm-hmm. what is your experience with using that? Do you feel like it's kind of the same thing where you don't need the hardware? You've got this virtualized network and it's good enough. You know what? There's always been a need for network admins and engineers, but it basically empowered the system engineers to basically look into how things should be designed and not be constrained by physical networking needs like racking switches, having to isolate things, actually spending that additional money to actually buy those type of solutions for you. So you're able to look at the logical design and bring it to fruition yourself. So it's definitely empowering for sure. And does Azure mask all that complexity? Does it give you an easy-to-use GUI to, to do that? Or are you still dealing with the... Yeah, you're pretty much managing NSXT just as you would on-premise. But again, you're not looking at the nitty-gritty details like dealing with NSX controllers. You're just more of a user administrator for the platform. Okay, so the experience is, is still basically the same as on-prem because you're still managing exactly. from those, those devices. Okay, From that level, yes. Mark, were you a NetApp savvy individual before you met the platform in the cloud or was so we did use it for a similar purpose when we migrated from the ibm cloud to avs oh you use cloud volumes on tap and then you migrated off that into anf yes that's correct so we're familiar with that flexibility within the cloud so seeing it available in the marketplace it was definitely encouraging for us did you have experience with it on-prem in your IT career? Not very much. We tend to use multiple different stand providers before, but never had the chance to, to look at NetApp. So moving to the cloud space, we see definitely a lot of advantages and capability that it has. So it's, it's been great so far. That's good to know. And that's part of the whole services line. Because NetApp, you don't have to be an administrator to use it in the cloud. Microsoft has obfuscated it so well with their GUI that anyone could be a NetApp guru so to speak. Hey, let me ask you another question because I wanted to get back to this. How many nodes did NetApp save you in your environment? Without NetApp, how many nodes would I you have provisioned? I'll say 100 to 200 terabytes. That's easily 15 to 20 hosts probably. Yeah. It was it was quite a bit, yeah. Right, that's easily because... over 100K a month in savings. That's 
phenomenal because I'll give you some background. The sizer that we used, it came back and said, okay, we're going to save you about 22 hosts based on RV tools. And you know what? Mm -hmm. You've got to trust the data when it comes to doing sizings. But uh, we had 22 hosts and I think overall you saved 20. So we were yeah, a little- it was very close. It was very- Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you want more information, let me know. It's all available on the uh, public website. So if you ever wanted to play with that sizer on your own, you definitely don't need us. You can just import the RV tools as is. But I didn't know about the savings that you guys incurred. Can you give me that number again? How much did you save a month? Yeah, I'll say for, so for about 15 to 20 hosts, you're saving eight to $10,000 a host. Nice. So you're looking at well over 100K a month. That's fabulous. So when you went to your management and you're like, hey, guys, <laughs> look, 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 look what I've done. Yeah. They're pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, what was the reaction? Was it like, no, no, you're full of it. You know, <laughs> there's no way. No, they're just overwhelmed. The fact that we could take that away from our budget, use it for something else, was amazing. And what's interesting about this is I, I bet there's a lot of people out there that do this sort of stuff and they don't realize how much money they may be wasting doing it the old way. And, you know, moving it to a cloud infrastructure, moving it to an as-a-service model can not only save you money on the nodes, but money and time. Because once you get that infrastructure set up, I imagine you're saving tons of time managing it. Oh, for sure. I think that's, again, something that's alluding with the cloud, too, is that it's very easy to spin things up and deploy things. And it gives you that flexibility. But you also have to look at how you're managing those resources efficiently and the cost that that's actually incurring over time. So that's definitely a big part of it. That's another point that you raise where you talk about spinning things up because sometimes when we spin things up in the cloud, we forget to spin them down. Right. So what are you using to manage those costs? How are you tracking those costs and how are you making sure that you're not basically running it like a data center that's way more expensive? So there's a cost management platform that's available to you uh, within Azure, which is Fairly good, but there's, there's ways to kind of fine tune a bit more. So Microsoft provides things like these cost management workbooks that you can run as an Azure workbook within your tenant. And you can actually view it and tailor it more to your needs by feeding it into Power BI. So that's actually been one of the biggest ways that we were able to save was using that view. And Power BI has been an excellent tool for that. So when it comes to your end users or your application owners spinning up resources, do you have any sort of gatekeeping that goes on there? Or only certain resources yeah, allowed to so be spun up? Typically, yeah, we have a change management process that happens. And we're the ones who would actually deploy it on their behalf at this point. But we're eventually looking to move into a more flexible model as we basically segregate our workloads into their own subscriptions we provide better RBAC controls over that for the developers and the application owners. So we can give them more flexibility. But at that point, you would look to set budgets on your solutions to make things affordable. So there will always be some type of gatekeeping happening to control that. But you also want to give the app owners and developers a bit of flexibility a little too, to be agile. Yeah, makes sense. So we talked a lot about cost savings and why you chose it. Let's talk about the actual product. How is it working for you? Is it doing what you expected? Is it doing more? Yeah, it's been very reliable overall. I haven't had any major issues. The part is amazing too, because there's different tiers. You have your ultra tier, you have your basic tier. The basic tier, uh, I don't love the name fool you. Like it can actually run pretty high performing workloads, right? Then we have the ability for the ultra tier if we need those high transaction volumes that we, that we require sometimes for different applications like SAP. I think, again, just the ability to replicate that across regions has been great for us. 
Hey, Mark, can you lay out some of the software that you're running on Anna? So we run a plethora of major applications on it. We have SAP, Oracle, SQL. We kind of dabble in a lot of different uh, technologies to get things done. So. so if I was a customer and said, Mark, Oracle, SQL, those are heavy transaction workloads. I'm only going to put that on vSAN because vSAN is the only thing that can perform. What would you say? Oh, yeah, I think that definitely NetApp has tiers that would heavily outperform vSAN for sure. I think that's one of the, the beauties about it. It was meant for high performance workloads, but then they started introducing those other tiers that you can run more basic workloads on, but still have the ability to scale up if you need to. I would say the exact same thing for the record. All right. So Mark, are you taking your show on the road at all? I mean, are you going to be spreading the word here anywhere else? Yeah. Anyone that's interested, I'll definitely tell them about the different advantages that you can get with uh, this product. And it stands alone on itself as a testament to its resilience and scalability. So just, just like on our last episode, Leroy is going to be a VMware Explorer. Mark is also going to be a VMware Explorer this August in Las Vegas at the Venetian. He'll be presenting at, (laughs) it's going to be super hot. And he's going to be presenting at a NetApp session. You have any customers, like any customers with questions that want to talk directly to another customer. We don't know the name of the session yet, but find us. Look for the name, Rajama, Mark, Leroy. We'll be on the agenda. Even the technical details for sure. Like I can definitely provide some of those nitty gritty details. He'll be taking pictures. They're going to have, gonna have a, a big sign beside me saying the first, you know. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> you, should get a, you should get him a t-shirt made, Raj. The first? Oh, yeah. The first. The first. So, yeah, so VMware Explorer. Uh, Raj will be there. Mark will be there. And, of course, Leroy um, will be there. So are, are you going to be in the booth at all, or are you just going to be kind of wandering around? Uh, I'll be in the booth, and I'll be wandering around. If anyone has yeah. any requests, hey, I want to have a discussion, we can book time with Mark, Leroy. Yeah, for sure. We'll be there. Yeah, interested to talk to the customers too about that. That's cool. Yeah, and what you get with that is you basically get kind of the off-the-record discussion, right? So you, you don't get <laughs> the marketing pitch, the sales pitch. You get the real story. Like, hey, you know, what would you tell me now that you wouldn't say on a podcast or you wouldn't say in a room full of executives, right? So it, you get the, exactly. the, the truth. You get the reality of it. Yep, I agree. Love it. All right. We get it. Awesome. All right. So again, if we wanted to reach you, Raj, how do we do that? You can email me at raj.sharma at netapp.com. And of course, we'll be able to find Mark at VMware Explorer. So Mark, again, thanks so much for joining us today and talking to us all about your experiences with Azure NetApp Files as well as Azure VMware Solutions. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Mark Sahadio and Raj Shaw for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.